welcome to Leveraging Leadership, where we unpack the art of business leadership. I'm your host, Emily Sander, C-suite executive turned leadership coach. Di, what's up, man? How have you been? I've been great, Emily. I've been looking forward to us connecting again. It's been a while. It's been a few weeks, but uh, you're looking well. And uh, I can imagine you're enjoying your summer. Yeah, I am. Thank you. You too. Um, Just curious, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I'm actually still working through it. My smoothie. (laughs) I have a smoothie too. Yeah, what's in yours? Nice. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll start from the bottom up. I, I do a lot of ice in it, spinach. Um, I do some cauliflower rice, oh, chia wow. seeds, a bit of oatmeal, quick oats, scoop of BioEdge protein, a little bit of BioEdge greens, um, frozen berries. Uh, yep. I do a mix frozen berries and I'm trying to think, uh, and some NMN and some metformin. So wow. yeah, that's, it's, uh, it's a full on meal. Um, my, and it's funny, I, I drink like two of these big ones. Um, well, I split it up over in the morning. So I'll have one post workout and then I'll have another one a couple hours later. But uh, yeah, it's about 800 calories I get like before noon. So it's it's great. I love it. I've never heard of the rice cauliflower in smoothies. So that's a oh, new one I'm going to have to try. It, is it like texture or was what is it? Yeah. So, and you know, not here to plug a big business, but I will say Costco's got the best deal on it. Uh, you can get like two kilograms of it for like nine bucks. You know? Oh my gosh. And okay. cauliflower rice is amazing because it's both prebiotic and probiotic. So it's really good for gut health. But the crazy thing, it's low cal, yep. uh, low carb, but it, it gives the smoothie some great consistency mm-hmm. and some volume, but the stuff doesn't have any flavor. So like whatever you're flavoring your smoothie with, it's the dominant flavor you're still going to get. Right. But uh, it's a it's a game changer when you start putting that in your smoothie. Yeah. My smoothie sounds so simple and bare t- compared to yours, but it's like cold water, protein powder, casein and beef protein powder, um, and then oh, frozen nice. berries and then like greens, like powdered greens. And then like that's, that's wonderful. It. Yeah. That's but, good. Simple, clean and effective, I imagine. Yeah, it is. But it just gets the body going, but not like yeah. you feel, you know, like gut bomb and downtrodden. Oh. So um, yeah. yeah, but you're all about kind of putting together like a holistic life plan and physical fitness and you know, lifestyle habits we can get into. But physical fitness is a baseline. So you got to take care of yourself and you obviously are physically active and fit. And so I would imagine breakfast and what you eat first thing in the morning goes into that. I, in, in you know, full disclosure, I've been a, a two a day smoothie guy for over a decade. Uh, it's like such a, a habit for me now, like, except for when we were traveling, it wasn't as easy to do, yeah. uh, depending on where we were, or where we were traveling. But, um, I was the kind of guy that would travel with like a mini blender, like a bullet, right? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> so, you would so, travel with uh, it. Wow. Oh my gosh. I would, it would take up some space in my bag because I, I'd bring some of my own supplements as well, because especially when we were overseas, it's really challenging to find quality supplements. There's a lot of like, you know, the real mass produced stuff that's got all the fillers. And, um, I'm just, I'm not that kind of guy. I just, I, I know there's a certain quality I want to put into my body. And ever since I made that shift and, and mm-hmm. I made that a non-negotiable, my health has been never better, you know? And yeah. even though I live with a chronic autoimmune disease and I'm dealing with aging just like everybody else, yeah. you know, I'm 46 now, I'm looking down <laughs> the gun good. at 47, looking, at, oh, thank you. Uh, and, um, but I, I do believe the longevity is not only possible, it's something that everyone has access to, but the key is, is do you want to have vitality with your longevity? Mm. That is where the bridge. Yeah, because, well, you and I both know, I mean, we look at the aging population and and especially North America based, you know, and now there's other parts of the world now too that also model this, but North America, especially, I mean, sure, science is doing a great job at keeping this alive longer. (laughs) 
but that, you got to wonder that last 10 or 15 years, is it worth yeah, it? You know, yeah, and, and, and I get you. It's tough. You know, yeah. it's tough. So you've made some really big life changes and you're like a larger than life person and you got a great personality and just coming through the screen and it's like contagious. Um, and I listened to your TED talk. So I know your background. Well, I encourage you. people to go uh, listen to that. But that was not always the case. You made some very, um, very intentional decisions. So um, what about lifestyle habits that you've turned around? How much is that, you know, I, I got to a point where it was so painful or I just wanted something else so much, like the pleasure and pain principle that got you to turn around some of these big life events for you. <laughs> well, full disclosure, Emily, it always started from a fierce standpoint. Uh, it was more <laughs> so me avoiding or running away from something you're that I didn't powerful. want anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's very powerful. It's also very clarifying, you know, and, but it's also just, it's not an emotion. We wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I want to feel scared today. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> we just fill me with some fear. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Right. And, and it's not like I set out looking for it, but it just culminated in basically my choices and my, my lack of actions, you know, from age nine to 14, I, you know, my parents, they, they, they separated and ultimately got divorced and, you know, I'm an eighties kid. So I was born in the late seventies, but you know, the bulk of my childhood was in the eighties and early nineties. And we didn't have the internet like we have it today. Mm -hmm. We didn't have access to resources like we do today. And so back then there was a lot of stigma around divorce, a lot yeah. of stigma, oh, yeah. you know? And, and so, you know, there's me and one other kid in my whole class that didn't have their original parents still together. And, and so I, I sort of went internally, you know, I sort of just started to shield myself, not understanding how to navigate things, how to deal with all these emotions that I had and this loss. And, um, you know, I, I found solace in food, video games, and movies. Yeah. And it's not like I was sitting around Emily saying, hey, more salad, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I was going for the stuff that gives us that instant mood lift, you know, like instant. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we know you have a candy bar. I mean, the next 20 to 40 minutes, great. you're like flying. You feel great. And then, boom, you crash. crash and down what do you want to do? Well, that's right. You want to go up again, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's go for that ride again, mom. <laughs> you know, yeah. so... Um, it, 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 that became a lifestyle, you know, and, and did that for good just over five years, you know, of, of that early developmental years. And, uh, and so I dealt with a lot of mental health challenges as a result, because by 15, I was morbidly obese mm. and that, it, and it didn't happen by accident. It also didn't happen overnight. I often joke with people. I'm like, Hey, if you knew going in to buy that fast food meal and within, you know, an hour of eating it, you're going to drop dead of a heart attack. Would you still choose to eat it? Heck no. Yeah, that's exactly, that's what every, every single person I've ever asked that has said no. And I'm like, well, just so you know, you know, it's this compounding habit over the years that will ultimately bring you to that destination. It's like boiling the frog. Conscious. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. I Ooh. love that analogy. I think it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, just that, right. And, and for mine, it was five years to, to literally put all that weight on. But when I made my shift, my change, I just like said, no, nah, I want to be healthy. And and obviously there was there was sort of an an epiphany you know that I came to and this is the fear moment. I was actually more afraid that life was not going to get as good as it was at fifteen. Hmm. And at fifteen, I was my unhealthiest. I was also the fattest that I'd ever been. My BMI was in its forties. I felt lethargic, tired. Uh, I was very introverted as a result of this. And so I was dealing with this low self-opinion. I mean, I was just, I was in a bad place. 
And I was afraid at 15. I was like, man, I'm going to be 20 in five years. Took me five years to get here. Man, by 20, if I don't make some changes, it ain't going to be as good as it is at 15. And it ain't good right now at 15. You know, so it was this fear moment of this realization, like, gosh, I got to do something about this. And I wanted to get healthy. And, and some people say, well, what was the big motivation that kept you going? I was like, well, I, I wanted a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> All starts and ends with a girl. Yep. Gotta but, go get but, me a girl. You know, after work, well, after working with a therapist and, and ultimately a psychologist mm -hmm. as well in my 30s, you know, we were able to finally unpack a lot of that. And, and ultimately, it was just me wanting to feel like I was valued. Right. You know, I wanted to be enough. I wanted someone else to say, hey, die, you're enough. I, I like you as you are. Who doesn't want that? And, All humans want uh, want that at some level, you know? But do we ever acknowledge it? You know, and I didn't, I didn't acknowledge, it. I didn't even really, I wasn't aware of it. I, I, I can articulate now, I mean, I'm 46 now and, and you know, everything's sort of in hindsight, right? But it, it it's, it's amazing to see how these patterns repeat themselves though. Mm -hmm. And, and so I went through a big change, took, took 20 months well, to release the weight and then fitness became a big part of my life after that. Yeah. I mean, I was just, just hearing you describe that, especially when you describe yourself as introverted, which is yeah. not how I would describe you now. And I know we're, we're yeah, talking yeah. and maybe it's a different setting than when you're, you know, sure. in your jammies and Netflix and everything. <laughs> but the fact that uh, you transformed yourself physically, and then it also sounds like mentally and emotionally, I think that's a really good reminder for people that we can change. And most people in their 30s and 40s are not the same. As when they're 15, yeah. but we still hold on to some of these. This is how I am. And you've got to kind of reprogram and almost brainwash yourself the other way um, to figure out who you want to be. So I think you're well a huge said. testament to that. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Another thing I took away as I was listening to your, to your talk um, was iron, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And I was wondering, like, who sharpens you? Like right now, who are the people who keep you sharp and keep you moving? Well, yeah, thank you for that, that, that question. You know, it's a biblical reference, so I, I'm not going to go secular with this. But, you know, the, the non-secular sort of idea of that is this idea that the only way you can sharpen iron is with another iron implement, you know, specifically like a sharpening stone, right? And, um, and, and so we have to also recognize that if we want to develop ourselves, we need people around us that can mentor, but also model the habits or behaviors, ultimately the lifestyle or direction we want to, to go in for ourselves. And because we all learn through those two modalities, right? It's mentorship and modeling. That, that's how we all learn uh, to, to, to a very big level in our lives and then trial and error. So <laughs> not the most that's effective. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a lot of that too. So full disclosure. Um, but, you know... When I think about now, you know, COVID, to be perfectly honest, and I know a lot of people use it as an excuse, and I'm not here to use an excuse, but I'm just, it was the reality of it. A lot of the, the connections and specifically communities that I was a part of and excited to continue being a part of, they all changed very quickly and some of them even went away. Yeah. And, and so the last year has been interesting because I've been trying to rekindle certain relationships and connections and communities out of a need that I, I just, I feel this want. You know, this personal want, this this desire to be put in a situation where I can be challenged in a positive way to grow, you know? Right. And um, in the past, I've had coaches, I've had some mentors. Um, but recently, you know, my wife has been great for supporting me that way, but it also creates strife in the relationship at times. Um, same with my kids. Uh, but I'm also part of a couple men's groups. And, and those men's groups are really supportive. Nice. Uh, they, I find them very helpful. One in particular, you know, it's a small group. There's only five of us in it. Um, but we're all sort of that, that, that mid 40 to uh, mid 50s. 
most of us are, are parents and, and many of them are empty nesters now. So they're at this sort of different stage of life. And it, the conversations that we have on our, our biweekly conversations, they're very, very different than I've ever had. And what I mean by that, it's we're really talking a lot about life and what does the next half of life look like? What are the challenges we're working through right now? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Yeah, I have. Well, this is what I did. Great. How did that work for you? You know, so this this open dialogue and sharing this vulnerability, if you will, mm-hmm. to also just bring the dirty laundry out and say, oh, man, I did this. <laughs> this this stain here, it ain't ever coming out. But <laughs> you can buy a new shirt, okay? And uh, um, and so, yeah, that that that's what's been helping me as of late. And then also my, my training. I've got a, a number of events that I've committed to doing. I just got back from an 80K hike. Oh, <laughs> it was a multi-day. Yeah. Um, big, a very big physical uh, and mental challenge to do that. You know, it wasn't like I was going for a nice leisurely walk along no. a, a seawall like here in Vancouver. I was the West Coast Trail, which is a very remote part of Canada. It's a rugged trail, and you're camping, and you're disconnected, off grid. And uh, but I signed up willingly to do that. Yeah, I was nervous, I was scared, I was intimidated, but I also know I would get through it because I worked through other hard stuff. You know. And uh, so, yeah, th- th- those are just some ideas. Sorry, I'm, I'm like a fire hose and I'm sure. You're no, like, there's a whole, bu- like, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of great things. I'm trying to like track them yeah. all. But like, I, these are no, this, my response is in no particular order. But um, yeah. I think, you know, one of the things you talked about was your men's group. And, you know, I'm obviously not in a men's group, but uh, sure. and women socialize differently. But when someone shares, yeah. it just opens up. Uh, the door for other people to share. So hopefully you've had the same experience, but being the first one is always like, here we go. But once you do it and it's like, oh, and everyone has something. I mean, everyone has something, right? Whether they want to talk about it the first time or not. But I think um, being vulnerable, which is another one of your big themes. And I especially like that, you know, Di, obviously you're a dude, but you talk about vulnerability as, you know, woman, men, it's a human thing. And uh, we all, we all have it and all can find strength in it. And I think that, um, you mentioned it allows people to see you. It allows people to see you for who you are without labels or without masks. And um, I think just imagine for a minute if everyone in the world could, couldn't wear their mask or couldn't wear, you know, put on the act that they do for just one day, how the world would be different. You imagine that? Oh, so. that would be that'd be cool, but also I, I, I'd be concerned, you know, because <laughs> you got to wonder because some people, I mean, I, I think about the sociopaths, right? I mean, I, I don't know why I'm going to that thought, but I'm like, they wear masks all the time. And I'm like, if oh, they yeah. took that mask off to be who they really are, well, I don't know if we want that. So maybe well, at least not you would know though. You'd be like, okay, I know yeah, I'm that, working oh, yeah, with yeah. here. Okay. Like big label, like where's sign? Like I'm a sociopath. Here we go. Oh, That's right. Goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Earmarking that one. Earmarking that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but, but man, that would be crazy. Even if you uh, don't take your mask off completely, but you, you remove yeah. part of it or, you know, it's not as, it's not as yeah. uh, thick or whatever the analogy is. I think people, even if you don't say like, Hey, I'm taking off my mask and I'm being real here, guys. If you just do that, you show up differently. And so I believe that when you do that, people can sense that even if it's subconscious and they start to do it a little bit too. So I would just, you know, encourage listeners, if you're, if you're hearing this and picking up what Di is laying down, like maybe just try that. It doesn't have to be like, you know, full thing tomorrow. You're a different person at work, but um, you can be a little bit more vulnerable and it'll draw people to you. So. And that, and that's actually really well said, Emily, because it, it, I, I love some of the work of Brene Brown as well. And, and she always... It, is very adamant about this is that not everybody deserves your vulnerability mm. you know that, that it, it is something that is earned right you know, just like trust is earned and 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 so but there's plenty of opportunities to test 
how vulnerability can be received and there's different levels you know it's not like you have to go and say <laughs> i mean I, i'm not going to go and open up a conversation hey by the way i used to be a drinker yeah you know and <laughs> go through all the stuff that i did like i mean if i'm just meeting someone for the first time it's just it's not relevant to who i am now and to where the conversation could go but over time as we share stories about how we came to who we are today and who we want to be tomorrow that's when the context becomes very very relevant but we have to be open enough to share that when we feel it's warranted. And and the amazing thing, and you said this earlier, Emily, was like someone's got to go first. Yeah, like someone's got to go first. And but as soon as you do it, it's amazing to see like the arms on furlough, right? Like people will open up, and they they too now there's that deepened level of trust. Like I tell everybody, I'm like, hey, have you ever been on a date or been in a long term relationship? I'm like, wow. At, at some level, you already got some skills around vulnerability, you know, <laughs> like it just bottom line, you got the courage up to ask someone out or to say yes to someone asking you. I mean, that's being vulnerable. We're putting our heart out on the line, right? And, and and there's so many other examples of how we do that in different spaces as well. Yeah, I mean, for me at work, I, w- I, I am and was a very private person. And so I didn't, I didn't lead nor follow up with anything to do with like my, like, how was your weekend? Like, fine, good, like, da, 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 go over major events. But I didn't go into like my cousin's cat's, you know, dog got sick. And then, you know, we had to yeah. go to the vet. I was like, I don't, I don't care. Um, but <laughs> yeah. on one of the, like, I got 360 degree feedback loops from my team. And everyone was like, Emily's a great manager, but the the undercurrent theme was like, but we don't really know her. Um, and I was like, oh, interesting. So, you know, they they like me at work and I'm a good boss, but they don't really know me as a person. And I thought, okay, well, I am a private person, but I can open up a little bit more, not all the way, but I can open up a little yeah. bit more so they get more comfortable and have a, have a sense. Because it does go to trust, I think, yes. where it's like, if I don't yes. really know someone, I can't, I don't, I can't really trust them. Um, and so to me, it was, oh, I can, I can earn um, a different level of trust with them. So that was a, that was a well good said. discovery. Um, Gosh, that's really neat. I, I, I'm also just really happy to hear that, you know, you were open to the three. I mean, I know those 360 reviews can be really intimidating, yeah. uh, but it sounds like you took it to heart, but also applied it. And that, that's just a sign of someone's maturity, but also willingness to recognize they can continue to grow. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I encourage you for sharing them. that story. That's awesome. That's I encourage awesome. them so highly. Yeah. So feedback is, feedback is the breakfast of champions. That's one of the quotes. Yes, it like. is. Well um, <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, I think what a theme I'm picking up for me, I'm picking up so many is you have to step out of your comfort zone and you have to get people who make you better. And when I was playing basketball and soccer, I would always, there'd be like a, 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 Great above me practicing next to me. I would always go play with them. And I was, I sucked. I was horrible. I was like the worst person on that team, but I did that over and over. And that's how I got better. So I went, when I went back to yes. my league and my teams, I was, I was the top person there. Um, that's so, so good. Great yeah. strategy. And that's, it, you know, it, it's the, the, what do they call it? The law of the lids? No. Uh, where is that one? I, I know there's a, a, a business at law around that. And, and anyways, it's a great example. And I think that's so wonderful to hear because I'm, I'm similar, like whenever it comes to like, especially fitness or physical challenges, I always want to get around people that are more physically fit than me, you know, that have more experience with that, that can do more. It just means I got to work harder to try to keep up or, or to even just get to a place where I feel like I can, I can hold my own, you know, and, and it's such a wonderful confidence builder, you mm-hmm. know, doing that, but it's very intimidating. I mean, I can imagine when you stepped on the pitch for the first time, it must've been pretty darn intimidating. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I was on this team and they uh, let me play, but the, they didn't have uniforms that fit me. And so I had to put shorts on and roll them up at the waistline because they were too big. And I was running around with like stuff around my knees. But I was like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm I'm nine or I'm small, but, you know, I'm here um, and I'm trying That's my so best. Good. So but so it's something good. to take and apply. It's like, OK, if you're the smartest person in the room all the time, you need to find a new room. So you need to go find you know people who are who are further up down the line, further down the line, or have accomplished something you want to accomplish, or are the type of person that you want to try to be like, and just be around them. And through osmosis, <laughs> you'll yes. become more and more like the the five closest people you have. So I think iron sharpens iron, or just getting out of your comfort zone is is um, is huge. Uh, what is the most powerful question that you've been asked? Hmm. Well, the most powerful question that's impacted me both personally and professionally is the one my wife asked me maybe 14 years ago now. Hmm. You know, it, it was during, uh, I won't get into the whole story for those that want the backstory. There's the TEDx talk. I, I, I share this experience and what happened, but it, we, the short version is, you know, we were in discussion uh, and the discussion, and it was more of a statement for my wife, actually, than anything. Uh, it, it wasn't so much discussions. Um, you know, she had pre presented that we were going to have to come up with a strategy on how to best co-parent our kids and in two separate homes because she was not going to have our kids subjected to the choices I was making and the actions I was taking. You know, at that point, I was drinking quite a bit. Um I, I just wasn't very present for my personal life. You know, I just wasn't, I, I was constantly seeking escapism and uh, she sat me down and, and she ended up asking me a question. And the question was, Di, are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? I was like, oh, that's a big question, you know? And, and instantly you start thinking about who you are and how you're showing up and what choices you're making, not only yesterday, but today. And, well, what am I intending to do tomorrow? Right. And it, it was a very, pardon the pun, but sobering question for me at that moment, because I realized if I don't make a change right now, and I don't really start to model and mentor, you know, the habits, the behaviors, the mindset, the actions of that type of individual, what am I modeling to my kids? Yeah. my communities, my employees, you know, uh, it just, it, it, it was instant. Right. I, and I made a decision then and there, and I was going to go one year without drinking. And, and, you know, up to that point, people are still like only one year. Oh, that's not big of a deal. I'm like, you don't understand. From age, like, yeah. yeah. 18 to 32. I think the longest I ever did was a one month stint. No, it was always present, always present. Like it just, it was always there. And, uh, and it was easy, right. Yeah. It was easy. And so, um, and then after that year, just I realized it was a lifestyle. So much had changed in a really positive way. And it was hard. It was a hard year. Like, uh, full disclosure, it was hard. But man, was it worth it. And, yeah. and you know, at the end of that year, I'm like, man, what happens if I just keep going? I don't know man, your wife, so, but you know, I, like, here I, am. <laughs> I like her a lot because she gets to like the heart of it. It's like, boom, it's like mic drop. Oh, moment it, it was like was, my mind has just it, been blown. Yeah. Um, it was rough. Wow. <laughs> it was rough. Like, it was, honestly, it was, at the moment when she asked me that, I was like, uh, how yeah. dare you ask me that question? You know, like right. I was like very, I just because I didn't know how to be vulnerable with her either. And we had been yeah. together for 10 years at that point. And I don't think I ever truly told her how I was feeling and what I was dealing with internally. Yeah. You know? so, wow. It's wild. It's wild. 
Yeah, it gives me chills hearing that question because <laughs> I mean, as a as a uh, I have a father, and you know, he was a, he's yes. a great man, and it's we do look up to our dads, and they will your daughters sure. will compare every person uh, to you, and you set the st- yeah. standard and benchmark. So um, that's a Absolutely. really powerful question. Just curious, did that type of question encourage you to ask really bold questions to other people around you? Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, because as I, now, I, not really for that first year, that first year I realized I can't focus on all these external things like I have been, like more as a distraction than anything, like always saying yes to stuff, you know, opportunities and uh, events and networking. And it was just like any reason to really escape my family life, my personal life. And I was using the guise of my business. Hmm. You know, I was, I was like, well, I'm doing this for my business, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't, it was for me and it was for my ego. And it was also so I could give my permission to to drink, you know, like it was just, it's amazing to, to look at it now so clearly, you know, when back then I had no idea. It was just, it was just a habit. It was just a lifestyle. It was just what I was doing. And um, after that first year though, and I really all of a sudden felt like, you know what, I've got the foundation now to really lean into to the changes I've always intended or voice that I wanted to make, you know, the kind of person that I always said I wanted to be, the kind of values that I always said are important to me. They are a core value, yet didn't always respect, didn't always have the integrity to honor because that also created a lot of guilt and self-doubt and blah, 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 you know, which would lead me to more drinking. It's always like this, this, this vicious cycle. cycle. Yeah. Oh, it was ugly. And, and, but after that first year, because all of a sudden I was like, I felt free of the cycle. I felt free of it. And all of a sudden, I was like looking at a, a blank slate in front of me. I was like, what do I want to do now? Yeah. Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? And I started to change, you know, both personally, but I also realized that a lot of the friends that I had at that time weren't my friends after that first year. Right. Because I, I realized that my choices weren't going to change the people around me. So, as you said earlier, I had to change the people around me, you know, and find new association. That's scary, though. Like all my oh, friends, those are all my friends. Awful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I'd say a, a good chunk of them, but I, I'll tell you the friends that I formed after that are still my friends today. Yeah. So you got, you, know, you got better, yeah. fr- you got new friends, new friends. Yeah. So if someone new, is, new association, yeah. And mm-hmm. if someone's listening going like, Oh, I know in my heart of hearts that mm-hmm. I got something to deal with and I just don't want to do it. And I distract myself and I bury it. And I, you know, do all these, all these things as, as we all do. You know, maybe a maybe a powerful question is, you know, are you the person that you want to be right now? And really ask yourself that in the mirror. What other types of questions or what other um, strategies or tips or anything that you would say to someone in that state where it's like, I I know I have to deal with it, but man, it's going to be a slog. It is terrifying right now. I, I think something I always invite people to do quite early on, because I, I will ask questions like you just asked, you know, like, who, who are you? And who do you want to become? You know, like when you were a kid, who did you imagine yourself being when you became an adult? You know, even in your 20s, graduating high school, who did you think you were going to be? What career were you going to embrace? You know, what lifestyle were you going to try to lead? Like, and then as they define that, it's like, well, why was that important for you? Mm -hmm. Those are really big questions when we find ourselves stuck in a really hard place. Like, to be honest, when I first made that shift of saying no to alcohol so I could say yes to my life and the person I wanted to be. (laughs) I had to do a lot of work, you know, and if I was asked a lot of those questions right then and there, I would have shut down. 
because it, it's just, it's so much. And it's, I, to be honest, I didn't feel at that point in time that it was possible. Right. And so what I did and what I find works really well for other people is, is start working with things that provide you instant feedback in a positive way. And what I mean by that, you know, positive, healthy way, I should specify, uh, is look at your health and your healthy lifestyle habits. So as we talked about a smoothie, something I'll invite people to do is like, I get this green smoothie recipe book. I give it away all the time, you know, and uh, I'm like, here, just pick one or two or try all the recipes. I don't care. But every morning for the next two weeks, you're going to have a green smoothie to start your day. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. Great. Will you do that? Yes, I will do that. Okay, great. <laughs> so I'm going to message you every morning to make sure you did that, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, even better, you message me that you've done it. Because I want to celebrate. I don't want to be here to tell you, just do it. I'd like you to be able to message me and say, hey, I just did it, you know, because that is way cooler, you know, and Nike's going to send me a cease and desist. One of these <laughs> days. But but um, regardless, I, that's what I invite people to do, you know, like celebrate the action that you're doing for yourself. Because I've never had anybody come back after those two weeks. If they truly did that, and that's 14 smoothies over 14 days, big shifts start to happen. You start to big feel shifts. different. Yeah, your composition changes. You do. Yeah. Yes. Your skin brightens up. You start handling stress a little bit more. You make better food choices throughout that day because you set yourself up with a good choice. Levels your blood sugar, so you're not having this peak and valley. Those in Canada know what a double double is. Uh, it's an ongoing joke with Tim Hortons. It's a coffee chain. It's more like fast food coffee, and they have lots of baked goods. But it's an ongoing joke. Like it's literally a cultural reference. This term double double. It's like double cream, double sugar in my big mammoth coffee, and they usually have a muffin or a donut on oh the side. Oh my gosh! Oh, and that's how people start their day. Sugar like, crash. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then they wonder, oh man, it's 10 a.m. I had that this morning. I need another one. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's lunch. And then there's the mid-afternoons double double again, right? Like, so we set ourselves up to fail before we even started with that first choice in the morning. So that's the easiest and simplest and least amount of resistance I I, I can invite people to take yeah, as far as an action is concerned. And and then after that. Once they believe that, wow, I did this for two weeks and I now feel better, I feel changed, what else can I change? Yeah. And that's when I find they're now open to having the bigger questions and they tend to want more change. They're like, okay, well, I'd like to start exercising a bit more. Great. I want you to go and you're going to walk every day for 30 minutes. And that's it. Just get outside and walk for 30 minutes a day for the next 30 days. Can you do that? Yes. Okay. Will you do it? Yeah. All right. Right. <laughs> I go through the process. And and then after that, instantly, they're like, well, I want to go to the gym now, you know, or or, or it's like- Self-perpetuating. Yeah. It really is because the confidence and clarity is there. And when you have that, you procrastinate far less and you mm -hmm. take more decisive action. And it's it's seen over and over again, you know? I think what you're describing is you've got to get that, like, initial toehold of progress. Huh? So there's always that, like, yeah. ah, like okay, I'm going to do this new thing. It sucks. I have to go to the gym. I have to eat right. And then it becomes this snowball effect where more, I want more of this good because it feels that's better. Right. So you got to get yourself to that point. Um, and that's always – and just know that's temporary and know set yourself up. It's, yeah. it's going to be different for you for a little while, and then it's going to be amazing for you for a long time. Um, so that's the trade-off. And another point I think I got out of all of what you said is um, a lot of people wait to feel a certain way. Like, I don't feel good, so I'm going to eat more coffee and donuts. And like, I don't feel good, so I'm going to have more. And uh, sometimes you have to take the action 
to prove to yourself you're that kind of person. So oh, nice. I'm going to, I'm going to go drink a smoothie because that's what a person who takes care of their fitness does. Um, yeah. I'm going to go, you know, be present to my family because that's the kind of person that's the kind of father or parent that I want to be. And so you right. don't feel like that, but you go do those actions. And then it's kind of like the external actions make who you are and they carve your character in that sense. So it I certainly can, does. Good. Well said. I think that's, that's an important point to make for sure. And I think you're a testament to that because you've, you've, you know, gone to some dark places that you've talked about and you've mm -hmm. picked yourself up and scraped yourself across the bottom and then, you know, have flown to, to new heights. So, uh, I really appreciate you sharing. Cause it's like, it is possible. I'm looking at it right in front of me. It is possible. <laughs> I think people, people get disheartened because they get in their own little world and own little dark yeah. tunnel vision and seeing, seeing someone who, who's done it is a, is a good role model for them. So thank you. Well, no problem. And, and Emily, just a, just a quick little side note to what you're saying there. And I, and I think it, it often comes down to our relationship with change too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think a lot of us believe change is hard. And a lot of times we think, is it really worth it? And, and rather than saying, is it worth it? It's better to ask ourselves, am I worth it? Am I mm -hmm. worth the change? I love you that. Know? And, and here's the thing. When it comes to a relationship with change, like I, I grew up in the 80s, okay? Um, 1982, I still remember Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, beautiful, classic movie, right? And I know a lot of people are re-watching that now in anticipation for the new Indiana Jones movie. So it's relevant again. Um, but in the first five minutes of that movie, you know, Indiana Jones has grabbed this idol and now he's trying to escape this cave system and get out of there. And they trip this booby trap. And all of a sudden it releases this massive boulder. And you see Indiana Jones running like a bat out of hell, trying to avoid this big boulder coming at him, about to crush him. I think it's a beautiful metaphor for change because the change that we <laughs> often experience is the boulder. We are Indiana running yeah, away from it. Okay. Your and, life. But seriously, like that, I, I really honestly feel that a lot of us look at change that way. It's like it's out of our control. It's going to happen. It's going to crush us, kill us, you know, hurt us. Like. No one wakes up in the morning and says, "Huh, I'm signing up. What can I change today?" You know, like yeah, totally. it's just sign me up for some change and fear and uncertainty. Right. But here's the thing: Buddha, like 2,600 years ago, he's like, "Hey, I'm a wise man. You know, I've been meditating <laughs> here. I've gone to Nirvana. Now I'm coming back to educate you all and and teach you how to meditate, teach you how to be mindful, teach you how to be self-aware. You know, and and here's the thing: I've learned the universe is impermanent. Nothing stays as it is." You know, we his famous phrase, this too shall pass, yep. right? Well, you know, in the last hundred years, science has caught up to Buddha and said, oh, you know what? That guy really was wise. He's absolutely right. The universe is impermanent. Everything's in a constant state of change. When we accept that, we start to realize, you know, change is going to happen whether we like it or not. Absolutely. So why not have a better relationship with change? Be more of an advocate, more of a champion mindset around change rather than feeling like a victim of it all the time. You can resist it, but it'll just create friction and totally. and it just like oh. hurts yourself. So it's like, oh, like, let me fight against this thing, except you know, be like water or whatever the <laughs> analogy like, is. Oh, I love that. Bruce like, Lee, oh, yeah, like, let me just judo oh. chop this. Yeah. But it's so <laughs> funny that you mentioned the Indiana Jones piece because like definitely the boulder, like I've had situations yeah. where I feel like I'm running for my life, right? Like, yep. oh my gosh. But there's another, I forget which movie it is, but there's another Indiana Jones scene where there's this bridge across the huge crevasse. Like if you fall, you're going to die. Temple like, of the Doom. Yeah, and you, but you can't see it because it's like hidden. And like you Search have to- Holy Grail. Yeah, and you have to like <laughs> spray dust on it. And that's how he sees the first step. But he has to take the first step to kind of get to the next one. And that's also mm. an analogy for like, hey, I'm going through this new thing. I'm going through change. I don't know how I'm going to get all the way across, but I know my next step. 
So like I, I'm just having this because I'm like, drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana like, Jones. Boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> so good. See, so good. We can learn from movies. They're great. Well, of course we can. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah, we can. <laughs> awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up there because I don't think we can top that. Indiana Jones cool. running from the boulder and then Indiana Jones <laughs> going going across the bridge one step at a time, even if you can't see it. So die, totally. thank you so much for Great. being on the show and just bringing yourself and bringing your energy. If people want to know more about you and your story or how you help people, where where can they connect with you? Uh, you know, I'm most active on Instagram, uh, uh, Facebook, as well as LinkedIn. So depending if you're, I, I know a lot of communities that I connect with, there's a lot of people that are only on LinkedIn, you know, right. those people that professional terms that like, I'm not going on social. <laughs> I totally respect that. I respect that. If my business wasn't what it is, I would probably navigate that way too. But I'm most active on those three channels. And, and now actually as a recent threads, I'm really digging threads. It's kind of reminds me of Twitter and Tumblr, how it used to be, you know, it's like Instagram's new platform. I don't know if you're familiar with it yet, but uh, anyways, if, if you connect with me on those, if you can spell my name, right, you'll find me. Even if you misspell it, those networks now have had my name misspelled so many damn times, they auto-correct it. They do. <laughs> so D-A-I. That's right. Manuel, M-A-N-U-E-L. And you'll connect with me and just, hey, shoot me a note. Let's have a conversation. I just love meeting new people. Yeah. So I'm an easy guy to get a hold of if you if you are social. So just, yeah. just find me online. Tell them what you eat for breakfast. Yeah, he'll give you his smoothie recipes. Uh, yeah, totally. If you if, if anybody wants to message me and they want that green smoothie recipe, shoot me a message. I'd be happy to send you the PDF. No problem at all. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Thanks so much, Dai. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.